on a, almost a daily basis, if I'm not too busy with work, um, to share my testimony. Do you know how powerful sharing your testimony is? Do you know why? Especially those of us who've had uh, heavy-duty backgrounds. And I, you know, I, I'm going to share with you my my uh, my experience. I don't know if Pastor shared it with you. Um, how I got saved and so on. But it's very dramatic. Uh, it's powerful. And uh, that's why I love the Lord. But I definitely want to share that with you as we move along. But um, God has called us all in His body to be witnesses. However, uh, not everybody, hear me out, not everybody's called to be an evangelist. Okay? That's a unique call. That's a calling. That is a calling. Alright? And what an evangelist is is um, you if the Lord positions you as an evangelist that means that God is going to gift you with a lot of power gifts God is going to um, mold your character in a certain direction so that you know that the evangelists are really the green berets and the marines the spiritual marines and green berets in the church we take a lot of heat man we take, uh, believe me, I do not leave my house without spending my time with God. Just, uh, just, the enemy's just got this bullseye on my back. And when I spend my time with, with the Lord, okay, the Lord just covers me. There's people praying for me, but there is something special about developing your own personal covering. Okay? It's just, they will not go the same when you spend your time with the Lord. You honor Him. He will honor you. Okay? Very important. I uh, want to share with you a little bit of my testimony before I, um, um, before I go on with this study. Uh, and once again, the study is really geared for the evangelist. How many here, don't, you know, no shame here. How many here enjoy sharing the gospel like in a, an evangelistic type of way? How Amen. Anybody else in the back? Okay. Right there. David, David, is that you? No, okay. All right, that's sister there. Okay. All right. That's fine. Hey, come on. Sorry. Sorry, I thought it was his hand. Yeah. Okay, it's all right. Uh, no, listen, that's okay. So, um, in the midst of me sharing this, okay, um, some of you might get stirred uh, to just seek. God more in this direction because I didn't know I had the gift of evangelism until I started going. I'm a graduate of Columbia International University uh, in South Carolina. And, you know, we just love the Lord and we're just passionate for Jesus. It's, you know, Columbia International University, it's like, I don't know if you ever heard of Fuller Theological Seminary or um, uh, Deerfield, Illinois, um, Trinity. Uh, it's just in that in that caliber, okay? And uh, we just love Jesus, and we're just hardcore Christians. We want to just we want to tell people we want we want to see people come into the kingdom. So I love you know I, I like to share the gospel, and we I went out with them on a Friday, and it turned out that I was winning more people than the guy who was leading the, the group, and uh, you know he didn't he did not take it personal at all. He was just a super nice guy, Tom Levitt. And he would come after me, give me a hug, say, brother, he says, you got a real gift there. And I said, really? <laughs> so one thing left to another. He was graduating. He approached me. He says, listen, I 
it's obvious that you have a gift there and God wants to develop it more and I would like to leave the ministry with you. So he did and that's how I, the Lord just allowed me to develop in that gift and um, I'm still developing in it. You know, I love to share with people. I want lots of people to the Lord. Um, a couple months ago, a few months ago, I uh, led some people to the Lord. Last year, I led, the, I don't know if I told you, um, did I tell you about the drug dealer I led to the Lord? No. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. You're in for a treat. My, my, uh, are you, are you recording this, Pastor? Okay. All righty. Oh, my God, my voice is being recorded. (laughs) (laughs) My sister-in-law is not saved, and uh, we've been praying for her with my my wife. And God has just done some powerful miracles to draw her to to himself. Extraordinary miracles. Um, But uh, just to give you a little background of my uh, sister-in-law, her name is Janie Sempervivo. Uh, my wife's name, uh, maiden name, she's half Italian, half German. She's got this real Italian, uh, Sempervivo uh, last name. So Janie Sempervivo uh, is being targeted by us since we got married. And I remember one time, uh, we just kept praying for her, kept praying for her, kept sharing with her. And uh, the Lord just kept doing things and just being creative, trying to reach her. One time, her dog... Got this cyst on the side of his mouth. I kid you not, the size of my fist. And was just boing, boing, boing. It was just lagging, you know. And she's like, oh my God, I don't have any money. My dog, look at this cyst. Please come up and pray for him. And my, my wife, you know, she loves dogs. She lo- oh my God, we got to go up there and pray for her. I said, you know, every time we pray, it's the same phony baloney. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't want to hear, blah, 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 blah. And then the Lord scolded me and says, Michael. Michael, Michael, listen up. I want you to go up there and I want you to take your anointing oil and I want you to go and pray for the dog. I said, Lord, Lord, we, we're, we've been praying for her. We've been sharing with her. Oh, Lord says, do it. Okay. This is just going to cover part of what I'm going to share later. Uh, very, very important when, when unbelievers, uh, when there's a felt need, it's very important that you and I recognize that meeting a felt need for an unbeliever is a powerful time and opportunity for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to show up. Okay? Because you know that when the Lord Jesus Christ shows up, He shows up. Okay? Well, we went upstairs and I anointed the dog. Didn't make a like, Oh, hallelujah! Praise the Lord! And the Lord says, heals you! I just said a simple prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, laying hands on the door, anointed it. We just pray that Daphne would receive healing. We just rebuke this thing right now. In Jesus' name, we claim healing. Amen. I was really wanting to get out of there. Because Janie is just one ear, not the other, you know? But you know, God's patience is it's just so unlike us. He's so beautiful, so patient. So when I'm walking downstairs, the Lord said, in an audible voice, He said, tell her that by tomorrow, that cyst is going to be gone. I said, what? That's pretty, that's pretty strong. Tell her. So I said, Janie, the Lord says that by tomorrow, the cyst of the dog will be gone. So I'm like, God, Lord, I hope you know what you're doing here. Boy, <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. So we went to, you know, we did our things and we went to church. 
And then we, uh, we go upstairs. And she goes, what? Wow. Oh, you know what happened? I said, what? It's gone. She goes, that's amazing. <laughs> I said, I know, are you ready now to receive the Lord? Well, nothing, right? So, okay, we keep praying, praying, praying. Uh, we had a slasher in the in the town that was taking a little pick and was kind of going around the tires and puncturing them. Uh, he was he was he was apprehended and you know he was uh, brought to the authorities. Uh, but what happened one time is that he kind of came around our area where we live. And unfortunately, Janie was one of the victims. So she knocked on my door. Early at 7.30. Help! My car is punctured. you got to go and change the tire. And I would go, oh, God, Lord. So then I hear another, another yell. Oh, no! It's not one tire. It's two tires. Oh, my God. I said, oh, my God. I said, all right, and I'm saying, Lord, Lord, I know you're working on my patience now. Praise God, you're working on my patience. So I go out there, and two tires. Uh, she's got two flat tires, and she says, "What am I going to do?" And I only have one, and I just felt, you know, the gift of faith when it comes upon you. Oh my God, oh God, it's just, it's there. It's just you can't generate that. It, the Lord just places it in your spirit to believe. For things that normally you just wouldn't believe. And I just got that gift of faith. Boom. And I said, Janie, remember what I shared with you? That if you just believe a little bit, like a tiny mustard seed, that God would do a miracle. She goes, okay. <laughs> so I said, okay, Lord. At least I get a little bit of excited. So I said, Lord Jesus. I said, look what the situation is. Janie. You healed her dog the other day. Now she needs a tire, Lord. Where are we going to get another tire, Lord? <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just work out a miracle in this situation. That's it. I kid you not. Less than 10 minutes. It does blow you away. Less than 10 minutes, this guy comes walking out of nowhere. Up, and he looks at the tire and he says, Hey! I got a tire just like that in my trunk. And her, drop, her face, her mouth dropped down in the bow. She goes, that's amazing. <laughs> Let's give the Lord a clap. And still after that, we're still praying for her. She's still... Unbelieving, but you could see the passion, the intensity of Lord Jesus Christ reaching out there and say, "You know, uh, I'm trying to reach you. you. You're not listening, so I'm. I want to meet your needs. I want to meet you where you are, and we can take it from there, right? But still, you know, some people. Jesus said that He healed ten leapers, ten lepers, and only one came back to say thank you." So um, we have to be patient with people. Um, but my testimony is very, very, very deep, very graphic. Um, um, I used to sell drugs. I used to smoke pot. Uh, I used to sell uh, LSD, a mescaline. I used to do psilocybin. Psilocybin, as you know, if you know, it's a mushroom. It's a hallucinogenic mushroom. 
the technical medical term is a psychotomimetic, um, psychedelic, uh, mind-inducing um, drug properties, okay? And I used to like to trip on that. And my mom praying for, praying for me, praying for me, praying for me, praying for me, praying for me. And people say, they're going to find your son in an aisle. One, one day in one of those uh, alleyways, cut, just, you know, dead. And she says, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong because there is a God in the heavens. And I am praying to my God that my boy is going to come to him and he's going to make him a preacher. Wow, boy, you ladies. If there's any, listen, listen here. You ladies, if you have any children, or if you're going to have children, uh, if they ever go astray, don't ever doubt. Your prayers are like bombs before the Lord. Okay, because my mom, you look at her knees, they're worn out, literally worn out from praying and believing the Lord. I learned to pray from the example of my mother. Well, one day, um, I am out in... My mother would always wait for me late night, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, would not say anything. Just I would come home, home stoned and drunk, and she would always be there with food, always be there with a drink, well, it was Kool-Aid, orange juice, whatever, and she would always wait for me. And she would look at me. She wouldn't say a word because I wouldn't listen. I was just blinded by the devil. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the gospel of the glory of Christ. I was blinded. So the only thing she could do is spiritually warfare for me in her prayers. But one thing that did touch me is her, is her tears. She would cry for me. She would cry for me. And I would never forget those tears. And they would make me cry. But I just did not know that I was lost. God needed to get my attention. Um, so one day I am, um, how, how many of you are New Yorkers here? Or, or New York? Woo! Yeah! Okay. You're familiar with, what? listen, you're familiar with Washington Square Park, right? Washington Square Park, that's where, you know, the druggies hang out, drug dealings take place. I went to Washington Square Park to get me an ounce of marijuana. Okay? And, it was around 9 o'clock, and all of a sudden, I see this man, about 6 feet, long, blonde hair, looked like he'd just come out of jail with crutches, and he picked me out of the crowd. He came up to me and says, listen, I know, I know exactly what you want. He says, I'll give you all you want. He says, you see that guy over there about 15 yards away? He's waiting on a, there's a guy sitting down on the park bench. He says, um, <clears throat> he wants $50 for a hit of Coke. He says, I only have 35 this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give him $35, all in singles, and one five. I'm going to put it to five in front. When I give him the money, he's going to think it's 50. When he's counting, I'm going to take the bag from him, and I'm going to throw it to you, and you meet me on the other side of the park. I was an 18-year-old ignorant kid thought, thinking that he was tough. I said, okay. <laughs> Bad choice. So I'm there waiting and all of a sudden, I get this fear. You know, you get fears, right? But when you are going to die, it's a unique fear. It's just, you know, it's, that's it. Unless something happens, it's over. It's just a unique fear. It goes right down to your bones. And I got that. And it scared me. Okay? Because this guy that was saying, they have, you know, guys all over posted. You know, it's like. So I just said a very simple prayer. I said, God, the God that my mother is praying to, the Jesus that my ma mother is praying to, if you get me out of here, 
I will serve you for the rest of my life. <laughs> Can you stand up for a minute? Make believe that you're me, okay? Come here, come here. All right. <clears throat> okay, that's, that's the... Uh, listen, I'm not tripping. I'm not uh, high or anything. And all of a sudden, when I said that prayer, okay, I felt the hand grab me like this and pull me like this. I'm looking around. There's nobody there. I'm looking around. And the hand is going like this. All right, you can sit down. Thanks. <laughs> God sent an angel. He's still with me. Is an angel with you too? Matthew 18. Their angels behold the face of my father always. Your angels. Their angels. Meaning God's children's angels. Hebrews 1.14. Aren't angels ministering spirits sent forth to those who will inherit salvation? Right? In chapter 91, the famous prayer. Uh, the famous uh, saying of, um, they, what does it say? Um, they will watch you in all your ways, lest you dash your feet against a stone. It's talking about the angelic world. All right. So the Lord sent an angel, and what was really supernatural about it is that that angel brought me almost about 10 feet from the guy, and I thought the guy was going to say a bad word and say, where, are, you know, where are you, heck are you going? You know? And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and the angels kept the angel keep kept pulling me, and he just looked right past me, just kept looking. The angel made me not only was pulling, he made me invisible. Wow, that's powerful. That is power. I tell you, I, sometimes it gives me goosebumps when I share people. Okay, ninety-five percent of the people, and what happens? He brought me to the the, the entrance of the path train. I just started bawling my head off. Six months later, somebody came up to me and handed me. A track. So I am a track distributor because I was saved through a track. Okay? And uh, listen, if, if God could talk through a donkey, he can definitely talk through a track. <laughs> All right? So um, I just thank God because he's just wonderful. He had a plan for me. It was not my time to die. You know? And... Uh, he knew I was going to be his preacher, evangelist, uh, prophetic brother, uh, going out and ministering to his church. Um, but, you know, um, going back to the message, um, God has people for you and me to reach. They're always going to be out there. They're always going to be out there. It's just, do you want to be used of the Lord? Okay. Very important that we realize that the New Testament church was an evangelistic missionary church. Okay. But we're going to just cover uh, a promise of Jesus that's going to revolutionize your prayer, prayer life in the area of evangelism. Can you turn with me to John? John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. When you say, when you have it, say yes. Listen to the words of the Lord. We, re we, we normally read the word of God and we don't know how much nuggets we could get out of them. Okay? It's just about, I mean, how much do you love to spend with the Lord? You know, there's going to come a time that you're... Spending time with him will just 
not just amazing, but he'll just be so enthralled with you coming to him because he loves you and he loves to be and relate to you through his word that the insights, the spiritual insight are going to be so dynamic. It's going to be literally those words coming out of the pages to minister to you. Um, listen to what, what he says here in chapter 13, 14, verse 14 and uh, 13 and 14 in chapter 14. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he says, And I will do, okay? And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Listen to verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I'll read it again. 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Okay, the name of this topic, teaching topic, is called the fail-proof power of power evangelism. The fail-proof power of prayer evangelism. Do you know I just shared with you? Do you know that I just shared with you uh, power evangelism from the story that I just told you about Janie Sempervivo, my uh, sister-in-law? Do you know that I just did that? Did, it, did the Lord... Did the Lord fail to answer that prayer because he knew that he wanted to reach and uh, minister to my sister-in-law through meeting her felt need? No. Right? So that was a perfect example of the fail proof of power evangelism. You are looking for felt needs in non-believers. You're looking for felt needs and you, you know, make sure your relationship with the Lord is tight. Make, make sure that you're asking for anointing. I'm just going to give you some guidelines there. Okay? And, and expect open doors. Because when you do that, the Lord is going to open up people's felt needs so that you can come into their lives, pray for those felt needs, and get sure results. That's what we read. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do, Jesus says. Right? So that the Father, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. It's in relation to, that's prayer evangelism. I hope you're following along with me. That's prayer evangelism. Okay? Our Lord Jesus Christ said in John 14, 13 and 14 that He would answer whatever prayer requests we would make in His name so that the Father was glorified when the petition was answered. However, that whatever must be understood in the light of the context of God's word and his kingdom purposes. Many Christians use this saying, this prayer that I just read of, 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 of the Lord to ask the Lord, well, Lord, your word says that whatever we ask in your name, you will do it so that, okay, it's okay to do that. Okay, it's okay to do that. But in the real context of the Lord answering Whatever petition you ask in His name, we must not forget that is in correlation with the advancement of His kingdom, okay? That we are looking for His interests and not ours. It's really talking about evangelism here, okay? This is hardcore evangelism. Even though some people say, oh Lord, Your Word says that whatever we ask that we have of You. Father, I need a job. It's okay to do that too. But there's... The main thrust of this verse is for evangelism, for reaching the lost. Okay? Let's 
talk about the reason behind the whatever. Okay? When our Lord Jesus Christ said that He would answer whatever, we ask. We ask in His name. He would answer whatever we ask in His name. He stresses that the number one reason that He will answer such a prayer is that all would see that God, that, that all would see God in the light of who He is. Who is God? Who, who are we wanting to portray God in front of unbelievers? To unbelievers, right? What, what do we want to portray God as like? Well, he wants to come across as a loving, caring, concerned father who is worthy to be acknowledged, to be praised because he is a provider of all good things for the good and the bad. He's so, such a loving father. Okay? It's not about seeing his power and might, even though he will show us these qualities. But it's really about showing people that he genuinely loves them and wants to provide for his creation. Okay? Just like God answers those prayers for Janie, for her dog, and for the tire. The guy actually had a tire in his a spare tire. It fit exactly into Janie's second tire. It's amazing. He says, oh, whenever you're ready, just drop it off, put it in front of the car. I mean, I mean how, how many people get an experience like that? That's got to be God, isn't it? Praise God. Okay? If we look at verse 12 of John chapter 14, all right, we find the ultimate context in which those prayers are answered. Let's look at verse 12. Chapter 14, verse 12. What does it say? Just one verse before. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me. I'll repeat it again. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing and he will do even greater works than these things. Because I am going to the Father. That's the context. Okay? That's the context. That's the number one reason that he will answer a prayer. Okay? So, um, excuse me. I just lost myself here. Okay, so the ultimate context is none other than what? Verse 12. What is Jesus saying? The greater works you're going to do... In my name, because I go to the Father. It means that you and I are supposed to continue the continuation of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's simple. That's it. Just as he went out and preached the gospel, just as he went out and prayed for people, he's called you. The reason we don't see people saved, the reason we don't see miracles, signs and wonders, because we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And when one of us just dares to go out there and begins to do it, the Lord begins to release a sign and wonder here, a miracle here. And he says, wow, this stuff really works. Of course, it's right here. We're going to have to take this out of the Bible. You know? What this means is that if we truly believe in Jesus, we will truly share the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with others. And what happens if we do this prayerfully? None other than the manifestation of the supernatural. Signs, wonders, and miracles following the sharing of the gospel. He promised that if we were faithful in the sharing of the gospel message, He would back it up with signs and wonders. Where is that? Let's go to Mark chapter 16. Please turn with me. Mark chapter 16. You read it many times before. But let's give it some flavor to the Spirit of God. 16. Verses 15, follow along with me to the end of the, the end of the uh, passage there. He said, verse 15, 
Chapter 16, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Okay? That's why when I, you know, when I see a hardcore person or somebody that just, uh, just seemed the least likely person that would receive the Lord, you know, because he just looks hard, he smells, he looks like he's, you know, I said, Lord, I said, give me grace to at least offer him a track. So on that day, that one day, he could say, you know, I try to reach you. I sent my, my, my servant, Michael. Okay? He says, preach the gospel to all creation. Okay? He's doing that through the manifold wisdom of the church. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, he says. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Blessed be the name of Jesus for those who got baptized last July. Yeah! Okay, let's go on. And listen to this. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will, dry out de- they will drive out demons. They will speak in tongues. We do that here. Praise the Lord. We drive out demons too. They will pick up snakes with hands. and they- Okay, we have to get a couple snakes and see if we can do that. <laughs> uh, I think that it's just uh, in, in maybe uh, absolutely, I believe, without a doubt, it's talking about uh, in a situation where maybe you're in the woods or you're a missionary and, uh, and maybe a snake comes by or you have to move it out of the way or something and uh, it's not going to bite you. It's not going to harm you. Um, remember that Paul was bitten by an adder, right? Remember that? And he just shook it off. Nothing happened to him, right? So praise God. Um, uh, listen to the next part here okay it says here listen the benefits of god's people this is during your time while you're sharing the gospel god will protect you from snakes god is going to want you to speak in tongues god wants you to cast out demons now look look what it says over here it says and when they drink poison it will not hurt them if somebody tries to poison you because you're a believer in the lord jesus christ it's not going to harm you don't worry about it Okay, just continue to relate with your Lord Jesus. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will recover. Notice, this is all in correlation with sharing the gospel. Jesus says, these signs are going to come forth. They're right there. They're coming out. I have apportioned them to come out. We don't see them. Why? Because we're not doing the work. We're not doing the work. But look what he says right here, verse 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. He sat at the right hand of God. Look at verse 20. You got to look prayerfully at verse 20. Then, right? Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord, what did he say? Worked with them and confirmed his word by what? The signs that accompanied it. Wow. That's awesome. That's great. He says, you know what? You go out there and I just see through your heart and you're really serious about doing this. I'm going to blow your mind away. I'm going to heal. I'm going to take things from dogs. (laughs) I'm going to 
make a guy walk out of nowhere and, 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 and have a spare. And you can return it whatever you feel like it. I can tell you of other things. Okay? Um, listen. Romans 14.23. What does it say? The last part of that. It says, what is not of faith is what? It's sin. Okay? This is real, folks. This is the spirit realm for you. This is our legacy left of the Lord to finish up the work that he's left us to do. One thing we need to remember as we share the gospel with others. We need to do it in faith. I already said it. What is not a faith is sin. If you're going to go out there and not believe it or say, I'm going to do it because I want to show off to be an evangelist. Like Michelangelo. I want to go out there because I want people to see me that I am spiritual. I'm going to go out there because um, I think it's just a very good religious thing to do. Don't do it. Do not do it. Go out there because you believe what is not of faith is sin. I constantly, that's a memory verse that the Holy Spirit has engraved into my spirit when I'm beginning to doubt in anything. What is not of faith is sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith and not by what? Sight. Praise the Lord. Two things you, know, you must remember if you're going to be an evangelist and tell people about the Lord Jesus, you've got to believe. Okay? You've got to believe, number one. Number two, you've got to do it in boldness. Look what happens when you do things in faith and in boldness. Turn to chapter 14, verse 3 of Acts. Go there right now. Go to Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Chapter 14, when you have it, say amen. Look at verse 3. Follow along with me. It says this. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. How? How were they speaking? What does it say? Speaking boldly for the Lord. They weren't saying, they weren't saying, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, we have a message of the Lord and you gotta submit to Him and you gotta be very spiritual and you gotta kinda talk in tongues like we do, you know. Huh? No, he wants you to go out there and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for waking me up, Father God. I worship you as the maker of the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. You are the creator, sustainer, the supreme ruler of the universe. Lord, you want to use me, Lord. How could you use me today? Lord, I only am going to live once and I'm going to stand before you. Who could you send me for today? Father God, in the name of Jesus, anoint your servant. Anoint me to reach the lost, Father. Father, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm going to have my devotional right now. Speak to me, Lord. Hallelujah. As I pray to you, I'm speaking to you. But as I read the word, you're speaking to me, Lord. But anoint me, Father. Open up uh, doors. Open up. Give me divine appointments, Father. In the name of Jesus. And grant your servant to speak with boldness that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow. In the name of Jesus. You tell me if God, if God is not going to say, Whoa. 
Let's roll the red carpet for Mikey. Yeah! <laughs> God means business. Look what he says. Look what he says in 14 again. Let me read it, okay? It says, verse 3. So Paul and Barma spent considerable time speaking there. Speaking what? Boldly for the Lord. Look what happens when you preach in faith with boldness. Look what he did. Read it with me. He says, who confirmed the message of his grace by what? By enabling him to do what? Miraculous signs and wonders. You know they have faith. They wouldn't be preaching, right? But they did it what? Boldly! Boldly! You know that you're in a spiritual army? You know that? When you go to the army, you see guys, that, guys and girls that go to the army? You think they're out there when they're, they, they, uh, they go through boot camp? It says, okay, listen, we're going to send you to Iraq. And it's like, okay, here's my gun. Okay, I learned to fire it. Pow! Pow! You know, I like this war, but I just don't know if I could do it. Uh, you know, listen, God, listen, uh, th- God doesn't want you to go into war with an attitude like that. You're going to get your head blown off. Okay? He wants you to go out there. Okay, this is my K-16, whatever. You know, I could use it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to watch the enemy. I'm going to watch carefully. And, 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 and I'm just, just, just going to serve my country. And God Almighty is going to protect me. Look, turn it around to the spiritual realm, right? When you go out there, you're looking for souls. You're looking for souls now. You're looking to bring in a soul condemned to hell. Jesus. Let's give him a clap offering. So very important that when we go out there that we know that we have to go in faith. And what I mean by that, faith is just believing. Uh, nurture your relationship with the Lord. You already got a message, the message of Laodicea, right? That God wants you to go and buy that gold refined in the fire. He wants you to be clothed with His righteousness. The anointing of the Spirit will come upon you, okay, to make you see what His ultimate purpose is. All right, but remember the missionary and the evangelistic endeavor that is for all of us we're all called to be witnesses every one of us can witness and tell something about ourselves to somebody that points to jesus but among us are hardcore evangelists that you don't even know you have this gift until you go out there okay just like i don't know if i have the gift of healing i'm just using this you know i've prayed for people uh, to be healed and they've gotten listen if the dogs have gotten healed of course i pray for people you know i i listen i prayed a couple of times for people to be healed from i once prayed for a cat to be healed from cancer and he was healed prayed for a lady to be healed from cancer and it led me to another lady who told that lady to pray for so you know god it's just are you available can you believe you need faith right when you have your relationship with God, God is filling you with faith. You say, well, how do I know I got faith, Brother Michael? How do I know I got the faith? Well, you know what? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior? You got faith already. Father, in the name of Jesus, a mustard seed of faith. You got faith already. You believe in Jesus as your Savior. That's faith already. 
You don't have to go, okay, Lord, I need more faith. I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to read ten Bibles, and I'm going to speak in tongues. And by the time I'm done with the ten Bibles and speaking in tongues, I'm ready for evangelism. You're out of your mind. you got to use the faith that you already have. He says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed. You know how small a mustard seed is? It's like a little grain of, of sand. So tiny. He says, that. He says, if you have a grain of mustard seed, you could tell this, this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be cast into this, and it will obey you. Just a little bit. So what I'm saying, Jesus said, use the faith that you already have and watch me work. Remember that. How does prayer evangelism draw in the unbeliever? How does prayer evangelism draw in the unbeliever? You've got to pay attention to this. By praying, we already talked about for felt needs. Praying for felt needs of the lost opens their eyes to the reality of God and allows them to make a vital connection, not just to the existence of God, but also of His love and His concern Okay, for their physical needs. Now remember, lost people, you know, they have a felt need. That's what they're concerned. They're not concerned about spiritual realities. They're concerned about Janie, her dog, uh, her, her, her tire. Okay, the lady that, that I prayed for and she was here. And blessed be the name of Jesus when I was working for the state, upstate New York. Um, this lady, that she was the, the dietitian there. Uh, somebody told me she's got cancer. And the Lord just placed a burden. Oh, you who have the who are, have compassionate hearts, you are a tremendous candidate for moving in gifts of healings. I'm telling you right now, okay? I tell you. And I just, the Lord just, just, just filled, just gave me a burden for her. And I went up to her and I said, I forgot her name. She was a Greek, uh, Greek name. Um, I don't know if it was Fabia or something like that. And I said, Fabia, you know, I just, I was painting next door and I, the Lord just burdened her. I said, you go and ask her and pray for her, Michael. And I did. And I was like, oh my God, well, how about if she throws a book at me and she thinks I'm nuts or she calls, uh, you know, my uh, whatever, you know, and just reports me. And I just took the chance. I took, ch- I went in boldness. Okay, I believed. So I went and I said, listen, <sighs> once again, uh, I know you're going to think, you know, you're going to think I'm nuts by what I'm going to tell you, but God is placing in my heart, uh, can I pray uh, for your situation of the cancer? She said, absolutely. And it wasn't anything extravagant. I just said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this cancer. I curse it and I command the seed of cancer to die in Jesus' name. And I declare healing for her in the name of Jesus. Simple prayer. She came back two weeks later. No cancer. Let's give a... Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you because you're good. Your presence is with us. So let's take it a little deeper. When we pray for unbelievers' felt needs, that is what they feel is most important at the time, God answers prayer. Okay? Their eyes are open to the truth of the burden of God for their souls, and this in turn leads them to recognize their need for salvation. When? God performs a miracle, whether it is providing something, a healing, a supernatural occurrence with signs and wonders and miracles occurring, okay? That is a perfect time for them to know, okay, that God is real, number one, 
that he loves them, that he's concerned for them, but the main reason he's doing that and meeting their felt need is for what? It's so that they can come into the kingdom and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the power of prayer evangelism. That's the main thrust. That w- that's what God is aiming at when you pray for people. Okay? Very important. Their eyes are open and they realize that God loves them and is seeking them out. This is why our Lord Jesus Christ could pray and get results. We see in John chapter 2 verse 10. What happened? John f- chapter 2. Jesus was at the what? At the wedding of Cana. You don't have to go there. The wedding of Cana. You know what happened. Right? What was the need here? For what? For wine. Jesus knew that the man was targeting the master of the banquet would one day remember the miracle and believe in Jesus Christ. Right? Could you imagine when the Lord just started traveling more and more and He did that miracle, left it back there. This is that the first miracles He did. He started traveling. All of a sudden, this guy that, that was the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the owner of the banquet or whatever that was going on, He says, Hey, Jesus, uh, remember. Remember when you did that wine? And Jesus went up to him and says, Well, how about you receiving me and coming into the kingdom? What can that man say if he provided the wine for all of those guests? He says, Lord, here is your servant. Accept you, Father. I come into your kingdom. Right? For one little miracle. One little miracle. Praise God. How about in Luke 19.5? You don't have to go there. That's where Jesus meets Zacchaeus. Right? What happens? What was the need of Zacchaeus? Everybody hated Zacchaeus because he was a rude, terrible, overcharging tax collector. Right? He was just was hated by the people. What was Zacchaeus' need? For what? For respect and recognition. Did Jesus do that? He stopped. Chapter 19, he goes, Jesus, hey Zacchaeus, hey Jesus, what are you doing? Down, down there. He's all the way up in the tree. Sycamore tree, right? Hey, Zacchaeus, guess what? I would like to have dinner with you. I want to stay at your house. He drops down. He drops down, right? Boom! He drops down. Oh, wait a minute. If you want to learn how to do that, you've got to take a course. <laughs> he comes down, right? And what happens? What happens to Zacchaeus? Just because Jesus melt felt, uh, met a felt need just because he gave him a little bit of respect that he never received just because he gave him a little bit of recognition. He drops down and he says, Lord, he comes. He says, from this day, if I have stolen from anybody, I will give fourthfold. Oh my God. Repentance. Deep repentance there. This man is reaching out. So nobody has ever done. No miracle. Nothing. He didn't do a sign and wonder. He just met his need. Do you know that there's people out there that are battered and abused and what have you and they just need somebody to tell them that they love them? Give them a hug? That's meeting a felt need. That's why it's good to have your relationship with God and buy that gold refined in the fire. So you could put on those white clothes so that the anointing, cleansing presence of the Spirit give you insight to God's purposes, plans 
for your life is that you would rule with him. Rule in righteousness, doing his will, walking and doing the works of Jesus. Jesus is so good. He's so good, isn't he? He's so beautiful. So, we need to understand that believers, listen, listen up, we need to understand that to believers, a need to a believer, a need is a temporary problem affecting their comfort level level in this side of heaven. Let me repeat it. We need to understand that to believers a need is a temporary problem affecting their comfort level this side of heaven. Now, to unbelievers, it means the difference between what? Heaven and hell. Okay? God, you're a believer. Father God, I lost my job. Father, Lord, I know you provide in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your word says, whatever we ask, we receive, Father. Hallelujah. All things are possible. 923. To him who believeth, your word says. Hallelujah. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. We claim all these promises as believers. But, but to an unbeliever, okay, it's the difference between heaven and hell. We got to really think about that. God needs you and me to do the work that nobody else is going to do. This is where we need to discern Jesus' heartbeat and passion to find and retreat that one out of a hundred sheep which becomes the consuming passion of his care and diligent attention. Question, why would God answer the prayer on behalf of people who are living in sin out of his glory and following the devil? Why would God do that? You know why? Because of all of the above. They're lost. They're going to hell. They're blind. And unless somebody reaches out to them, there are so many ways to share the gospel. There's so many ways to evangelize. Listen, I do it through a track. Okay? It could just be as simple as I'm waiting in in the bus stop and the Holy Spirit prompts me. Right? Excuse me. um, Can I share a little track with you? Do you, are you aware that life is once it's short and that you could die any minute? Boy, that's a heavy, that's a heavy question, right? It's like, what? Of course. It's real. Life is once it's short and you could die any minute. How, how, they're not going to run away from you. They're going to say, yeah, that's right. Okay, did you ever think of the place, that, um, what do I say? Life, you know that life is once it's short and that you could die any minute. And that the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to not just give you life, meaning and purpose now, but also an assurance that you're going to go to heaven whenever you die. That's the gospel right there. And they go, no, really? Oh, you know. And the Lord, if it's... Listen, it's good to be discerning. Listen, there, there, there's time to sow the seed, there's time to water the seed, and there's time to reap the Bible. It's all biblical. The hardest thing is to sow that initial seed. That's the hardest thing because the people that you see coming to Christ, God only knows who has gone before you to sow the seed, to water the seed. And when it's like it's their time to receive, it's because the one who has sowed the seed and the one who's been watering along the way, brothers and sisters, okay, the time is to reap. But the Bible says that we all are going to rejoice together. We all rejoice. 
the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. We're all going to get the same blessing in heaven, whether I led the so-and-so from the Lord than from the person who first took that chance with all that fear and all those demons telling him all this kind of thing and just told him, Jesus loves you. And I just, just felt pressed the Lord to give you this try. God bless you. That's all it takes. Boom, it's sown right there. And if we are Bible students, you remember the promise of God. Chapter 55 of Isaiah says what? 10 and 11. What does it say? My word that comes forth out of my mouth, it will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I send it forth to do. Wow. Can you imagine? You had a wonderful time. You know, you check people out. You talk to them. You'll know if people are just like they're not really interested, but, you know, they have a little bit of faith or you leave them a track. But maybe like they're halfway and they're like not really ready to make the commitment. Well, can I pray for you? You'll pray. And then there's some people like, yeah, you know what? This is weird, you know? The, uh, like every other month, people just come with a track. People tell me about Jesus. And, you know, I just, I just lost my job. And I just really been thinking that God is really targeting. Absolutely. You know, I think I need Jesus. Well, why don't you receive him right now? Wow. That's heavy duty stuff. It's exciting. It's exciting. Because it involves you and me. Hallelujah. Once again, why would God answer the prayer on behalf of people who are just terribly lost and hell bound and uh, following the devil because of all the above? I want to explain something. Such desperate conditions trigger God's mercy and His grace. Okay? Such desperate conditions. God sees, oh my God. Gosh, just like Samuel. I shared about Samuel, right? Remember what I shared yesterday about Samuel in the subway? God only knows maybe the devil was targeting this young man to kill him. Right? That's it. He was hell bound. Okay? A curse on his life. No favor. This guy wanted to go. I mean, I mean, that's God. 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 Got so glorified that day, because only God could have given me those words of knowledge to tell him and just bring him to the cross. From him saying, "No, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready to make the commitment." From his eyes going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm ready. Absolutely. Only God could do that. But He could do that." With you as well as it me. It's not just Michelangelo. It's you. It's just you haven't sought the Lord in the magnitude and in the caliber where he could say, I can release that gift. I can release that anointing. Because it is through the anointing of God. Okay? It is through the grace of God, which is his power. Right? Grace to the unbeliever, a God's unmerited, unmerited favor. But grace to the believer, that's wanting the power of God in your lives. And it's all about God releasing His grace upon you. But how much do you love God? How much time are you willing to spend with Him in His presence, reading the Word and pausing, having your little notebook, writing little verses, underlining the verses that touch, convicted, and challenge you and just fill you with His presence. Okay, that's what relationship is all about. And then just getting so inspired, going to Him in prayer and praise and speaking incense, Right? but also in tongues, all right? That's, that's where it's all about. That's where it starts. He's the first and the last. It all starts with relationship. You get that relationship ready, God, you better start getting ready because he's going to move you forward. Okay? Such desperate conditions. When God sees a lost soul, 
Okay, trigger the grace in God, uh, grace of God. Thus, the prayer for the felt needs of the lost have a higher priority than the prayers of the needs for the saved. Why? When Christians begin to pray for the felt needs of the lost, God surprises them and blows them away with unbelievable and miraculous answers to this prayer, to their prayers. In fact, prayer for the needs of that stray sheep is the equivalent to the to, to dialing a spiritual 911 hotline to heaven. You're never going to get a busy signal because it involves the destinies of people's souls. It's about their souls. And you know, God is bound by His Word and God is going to answer that prayer if you pray for that person. God is going to do it. How do you know what that person's been through? How do you know that the devil is not hunting his trail and then you are that person's last resort? And God says, I got him. I reached him. I knew I could count on you. I know I can count on you, boy. I know I can count on you, mom. I know I can count on you, boy. I know I can count on you. Every one of you can be used to reach that one that ninety that one straight sheep that is lost out there that God says that sheep Michael is my consuming passion and my grace is so powerful that whoever resolves to reach and to find that lost sheep I'm gonna release my anointing I'm gonna release it because I love him because I love her the decision is his or her God will never force anyone to make a decision. The devil will push people, tempt people. But Jesus is a gentleman. He just ministers through love, through meeting the felt needs. We're finishing up. And I just want to read to you some pre-evangelism considerations. Pastor, uh, Pastor Christian Lee is, is going to be is receiving all of the messages so he's the lord is just going to really minister and uh i believe that he's going to just expound on these messages and just uh, bring them forth to you in a in a more teaching format as he spends more time with you to, to train you but pre-evangelism considerations make sure that you are right in relationships with people and in your church family and friends relation uh evangelism is a serious thing Okay, that's front lines ministry. It's front lines. Okay, there, you want to, you know, you experience tremendous warfare. You got to have your prayer life. You got to have your ducks in a row. Ask God for a heart for the loss. Okay, He will give you one. He will always give you one. It's he, the continuation of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is what you and I are all about. Okay, pray as you go, two by two, or in a group. Or by yourself. Philip did it by himself. Stephen went out by himself. But it's always go, good to go two by two. So you can encourage one another and pray for one another. Pray for boldness. He'll give it to you. Reminding, reminding yourself of key verses. Alright. And, and for protection. Pray for protection. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. His armor. Put it on. Put him, put him on. Okay. Remember the Rima. Use the, 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 the written word. But use the spoken word. 
Father, somebody, you know, you meet somebody and uh, you get an opportunity. The Lord opens up his heart. Like in chapter 16 of Acts, he said, the word of God says, he opened up the heart of Lydia and she received the Lord. Okay? You talk to somebody, God opens their heart and there's a need there. Oh, you know, my shoulder hurts and my knee. Pray for it right there. Pray for it. Don't, don't second guess it. Can we pray for you? Right there. Don't, don't miss out this, those opportunities. Bind Satan in Jesus' name and all his assignments toward you by the power of the blood, okay, by the presence and power of his Holy Spirit. And just simple prayer. Father God, I just bind right now. Father God, I just receive your authority right now in the name of Jesus. Your word says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Father, right now, right now, Satan, I bind all your works and your assignments against me in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, lose the minds of all those that the Lord is going to send to us. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. That's simple. That's simple. No extravagant prayer. Just a, an authoritative prayer to let him know that God is in control, not him. Ask the Lord to release his anointing. He will. Through the gifts and the power of the Spirit. Listen. He certainly will. You just got to be ready. Okay, let, let's make it a little practical and we're finished with this. You could break down the ice by, by going to people, taking surveys, sharing evangelistic tracts. Make sure that they have the stamp of your church or their pastor already is, is working on some stickers to put on, on some tracts. Okay, um, giving food to the poor, uh, breaking, uh, putting a puppet show, giving free car washes, mimes. There's so many ways that you can be creative to have people listen to you because you are just meeting a need. Okay? Alright? You can get so creative in sharing the gospel, there are endless ways to share the message. Okay? The only thing you need, the only thing you need is a willing heart. That's all you need. Look for Ephesians right now. Look for Ephesians 5.10. Look what Paul says. Look at Ephesians 5.10. <clears throat> When you have it, say yes. Okay, whoever, who said yes? Okay, read it, read it. 510, nice and loud. Go ahead. Nice and loud. Go ahead, read it. Go ahead. Now, let me ask you a question. Try, and other versions, and my version says, and find out what pleases the Lord. You think evangelism is pleasing? Of course. That's the heartbeat of Jesus. The heartbeat of the Father. Okay, there's so many ways to share the gospel. Once again, track, this, track distribution. You could just go out there and just take a blank piece of paper and go out to a park and say, excuse me, hi, uh, listen, don't want to bother you. Just don't want to, you know, <laughs> want to take your time for a little bit. Listen, we, we represent uh, New Philadelphia Church uh, in Korea. Uh, what, what is the town that, that the church is founded in? Uh, the Ch Ch what is it? Shilim. Shilim. Yeah, we, we represent the, the New Philadelphia Church in Shilim. And we're just out here uh, taking prayer requests for people. Uh, and just telling them that, that Jesus Christ loved them. That he came to live, to die, to shed his blood, to be buried, and to be raised from the dead on the third day. And that he loves, he loves people and he wants, he wants them to go to heaven and not go to hell. Okay, it's, I know it's a hard message to preach, but that's the truth. Okay, and you know, if people are different, say, well, you know, can we take at least, do you have a need? Is there something that we can pray for? 
There's something that's bothering you or something. You know, a lot of times, 65 to 85% people say, well, you can pray that I, I don't have a job. I'm going through a divorce or whatever. You know, write it down right there, right? Write it down and say, well, you know what? We're going to pray for you. And whenever, whenever God answers this prayer, we know and believe that by faith he's going to answer the prayer. Here, you take your track and you give it to them. That's it. Make sure that the stamp of your church is in the back of that track. Take down that prayer request. When you have your prayer time at the church, pray for that need. Let God go to work. When God answers that prayer, they'll go, Oh my God. Oh, you know what? I'm not getting divorced. Or, God, I got a miracle. I got a job. And all of a sudden they go, Oh boy, I got to go to lunch. Oh. Oh. It works. God, you love me. God, you met a need. Oh, and God begins to work, right? Right? God begins to woo the heart, right? Begins to minister to that person, letting him know God is real. He exists. He exists. He cares for you. He loves you. And he's met your need. But it's really to reach you so that you can give your life to Jesus Christ. And then you'll have this person that you gave this track. You'll see him on Sunday. Give a clap offering to Jesus right now. <laughs>